Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. friends we're back again it's fightful.com it's april 16th 2023 it's your post impact wrestling rebellion show i am at joel pearl i am in a studio not far from the venue where they were holding impact rebellion tonight so we'll be talking about the live experience and of course watching from home my favorite people to be doing a post show with first i've got the one and only steven jensen host of the weekender podcast on fightful select steven jensen how are you doing I'm doing good. I like that uh, Nakamura as well. Um, yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. Um, no, I'm doing good. Today was a really good day, actually. Went and uh, saw some of my buddies from high school. It was kind of like a like an engagement party type thing for, uh, for one of my buddies. So that was really good. Hung out with my brother, watched some Impact Wrestling. Now I'm here with y'all. Recorded the Weekender this morning. So good uh, good day. If you want to listen to the Weekender, by the way, over there on FightfulSelect.com, check it out. There's also more news that just dropped on FightfulSelect.com that you want to check out regarding Impact Rebellion. That said, Chris, how you doing? I'm big time chilling. Rebellion was great. Um, what a show. What a show. What a main event, too. Holy yeah. Hell, I was very pleasantly. Even with as much smack as I've been talking about Bully Ray, even that match, except for two parts in particular, and y'all know how I feel about <laughs> blood and gore and cheese graters. Besides that, the whole, the whole card, top to bottom, even the pre-show was really good. Yeah. absolutely so we're going to talk about the show we're going to go run down the entire card what we like what we didn't like you know the spotlight stuff like we do here but if you want to leave a super chat and get in on the action you can go ahead and leave it here at youtube.com fightful you can go ahead it's that little dollar sign on the bottom of the screen any amount get your question or statement read on the air or you can go over to humperchats.com cresta why don't you tell them a little bit about the humper chats Head on over to humperchats.com. Leave any donation amount. Myself, Joel Pearl, or Steven Jensen will read your question on air. We get to keep a little bit more. Sean Ross Sapp love it. We love it. Our bill collectors love it. And you love it too. Humperchats.com. Mm, love it. I love it when you give me those good startups. 
Now, can I drop some news on y'all? Yes. Can I drop some some fun news for y'all? Okay. Over on YouTube.com slash Fightful Overbooked starting tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Myself and Jeremy Lambert are starting a new show called In the Weeds where we talk about wrestling from all shapes, all sizes, all places, all everythings. And uh, we just found out, breaking news, that Deanna Perrazzo, the new Impact Knockouts World Champion, will be joining us at 10.15 a.m. Eastern tomorrow morning, so Monday morning, for In the Woods, In the Weeds. Wow, I'm so out of it. In the Weeds <laughs> is the show. So In the Weeds at 10.15 a.m. on YouTube.com slash Fightful Overbook. Deanna Perrazzo, the new Impact Knockouts World Champion. She'll be joining us at 10.15 Eastern, okay? So come and join us there. Uh, we're going <laughs> to so, talk about this whole show. Joel, is that going to be live? Like, is she joining y'all live on the show? Y'all are recording that and then airing it then? She will be 100% live. And nice. Very color. cool. Very yes. cool. Yeah, and check that out, everyone. Maybe we'll get lucky. Maybe uh, a certain new world champion will be by your side. I don't know. I yeah. don't know. I'm just going by what was told to us, and that is that Deanna Peraza will be joining us at 10.15 a.m. Eastern on Fightful Overbooked for In the Weeds. Uh, she'll have a, about 15, 20 minutes with us, talk about her match. We'll talk about it tonight as well, and uh, we'll we'll get into the weeds with her. So why don't we start talking about the show overall? I think we all kind of agreed. Good show overall. Uh-huh. Steven Jensen, would you how would you give it? Graded out of 10. Give me a number. I don't like doing the grading stuff. but it Too was, bad. It was, That's it what was, we're doing, baby. It was good. It was good. It was, I say, I sound like a broken record a lot of the time when I'm on these shows. You know, I do the, I jump on here with y'all. Uh, really at this point now it was me and me and uh denise and now it's like it's us the basically four times a year so mm-hmm. when i pop back in here i'm going to repeat myself a little bit but it I, but it's it's the truth impact has four times a year where they always they're going to do their best to try to drive one in because they know people are watching they only have the four big pay-per-views a year so every time i think they deliver every single time i legitimately mm-hmm. believe at the end of every one of these shows i'm like i'm glad i took the time to watch that i'm glad i get to review it um, I always feel like these are good shows from top to bottom for like a rating scale. That's relative to like, if I'm comparing that to all other impact pay-per-views or all the pay-per-views I've ever seen in my life, you know what I mean? It's tough to do that. But I would say if out of like the best impact pay-per-view I've ever seen in my life, this is like a solid, I don't know, like seven and a half, which is like a good score. Yeah. That's a solid score. Chris, a star. Yeah. Give me, give me a number. Would you out of 10? Out of 10, I would give it a nine out of 10. I think that, as a lot of things that Impact does well, and in-ring competition is one of them. You had the flavor of everything. And I don't even think, even the comedy spots weren't even too comedic. Everything was a solid show. Like, it was a really solid show. And again, if I close my eyes really hard, the, the two spots I was annoyed by didn't happen. It didn't happen. It was a good show. It was a great show. I feel like if you are a lapsed fan and you wanted to get into Impact, this is a good show for you. I think this is a good starting point for a lot of people, especially with the unfortunate circumstances of losing both their world and their knockouts champion. Now you're getting to see two champions crowned and you're getting in on the ground floor and you're starting fresh. Yeah, absolutely. It's a good point. They did a lot to get us invested in those main events with the short amount of time that they had. Of course, Mickey James was knockouts world champion. She was unable to compete tonight. So the vacant knockouts world championship was on the line. And of course, Josh Alexander suffered a triceps injury going into the event. He had to vacate his world championship on a record breaking run with impact wrestling. Mm -hmm. And he had to drop that title and a vacant Impact World Championship was decided between Kushida and Steve Macklin. All that and more as we talk about tonight's show. Let's go. Let's get right into it. Countdown. 
I'm going to tell you all a secret. I missed the first match. Boo hiss. I couldn't get into pretty, the venue. It was pretty fast. So, I mean, yes. you didn't, you honestly didn't miss a whole lot. Like, I mean, I could describe it to you if you want, uh, kind of what happens, but essentially it's, it's cheating from the outside, um, outside interference, foot on the ropes, grabbed it, you know, that kind of thing. They, there, there's a little, uh, vengeance at the end where Rhino, uh, hit a spear after, after the match, but that's, that's, that's really it. I mean, so, not a lot to talk about. so Singh and Shira got the win. They did, yes. but it was because of like, I can't remember who was, pin, who was doing the pin and who was on the outside at the time, but doesn't matter it, yeah champagne so, thing cheated to win um because he, i think he pulled his legs out from underneath him preventing rhino from getting the tag and shira pinned him exactly what i wanted to hear cresta what did i tell you on on thursday night listen you how you were a, i want to say you're rubbing off of me but someone's going to take that out of context oh they absolutely <laughs> will yeah let's not go there let's start uh, the Coven putting up their knockouts world tag team championships against the Death Dolls, the team of Rosemary and Jessica. The Coven come up victorious. Match was pretty, pretty solid. Listen, there's a great exploder suplex that Rosemary does on Taylor Wilde. And then Wilde gets the win with the Fisherman neckbreaker on, was it on Jessica? I believe so. Okay, so they get the win. The Coven retains. Uh, Jensen, any notes on this retention for the Coven? Uh, no, no, honestly not. I mean, I, I expected uh, King and Wild to win this one going into it, and it was a, it was a solid pre-match show, though. Yeah, it Just was. What I need to be. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, across the star, anything to add on the match? Um, it was Rosemary who took the pin because Taylor Wild pinned her with the Witch's Wrath. Um, it was a solid match. I, I don't. I expected this. I'm not gonna hold you. I expected Jessica maybe to turn to havoc right away, but I'm impatient and I want my sports entertainment now. So it was a solid match. Solid match. So you know how every Thursday, Cresta, we start our impact post show talking about BTI and talking mm -hmm. about our friend George Iceman. Remember that? If you pan to George Iceman right now, I'm gonna pop like a pen. I wish. I wish. <laughs> I wish. However, I will tell a little story. Who do you think? was at Will Call, making sure that uh, people were picking up their tickets tonight for media. Please say George Iceman. You bet your sweet <laughs> self, George Iceman was there, and we got to have a little chat, did George and I. First of all, he sends his love to the Impact Faithful because we talked about uh, our, our little bit that we do. And he's like, I hadn't seen it. I'm like, well, you're going to want to see it, but I promise you. I want to watch it now, girl. You're going to want to <laughs> see every minute of it. But anyway, as I hit the mic, George, George Iceman, uh, Great guy. I just want to put him over because we certainly have fun at his expense here on Fightful. But uh, he's good. He's, he's a lot of fun. Let's move on. Let's talk about the opening match. Ultimate X for the Tag Team Championships. Ace of Bays retain over Chris Sabin and Alex Shelley. Motor City Machine Guns. Motor City Machine Guns not having a great weekend. They dropped their New Japan Strong Openweight Champion Tag Team Championships to Aussie Open last night at New Japan Collision. But tonight... They come up short, which is amazing because between those two men, there were 27 X Ultimate X matches between Saban and Shelley. Ace of Bays pick up their first Ultimate X win ever. Steven Jensen talked to me through this match. What'd you like? What'd you not like? Because this was fire for a lot of the fans. Yeah, yeah. This was a great match. I mean, I love all four talents. And on top of, you know, recently losing, uh, they also recently lost the GCW Tag Team titles to East West Express. So, I mean, a, a tough run at it for, uh, for Shelley and Saban. But I always talk when I talk about these guys, they're such made men. Like both guys are mm -hmm. so good, singles or tag team, doesn't matter what company they're working for. They're they're just incredibly reliable to 
like legit pro wrestling hall of fame level guys and Shelly and Saban, like with their longevity, I have so much respect for those guys. It's funny because <clears throat> my brother was over here. I was, I was watching the show and he's never seen an ultimate X before. So when the show started, he asked me what that was over the ring. And I was explaining to him and I was like, it's like a ladder match, but they you know put the belt up there. And I swear he said, why does someone just jump and get it? Like, does someone have to, does someone have to climb for it? He said, why does someone just jump? And I said, well, it's too high for someone to jump and get it. Like you couldn't just jump and get it. Cause it's not like hanging down there low enough. And the finish of the match was pretty much him boosting him up. And I was like, no way. Like I've watched so many ultimate X matches. And I was like, they actually, the first time you ever watched one, he like called the finish, which is kind of crazy. I, anyone who listens to the weekender podcast, especially. And I talk about this on the spotlight, spotlight with Jeremy as well a lot. Ace Austin and Chris Bay, two of my favorite guys in the company, have been for a long time. So I'm glad to see them in this spot. I love their double team finish where they do the uh, assisted uh, Art of Finesse right into the fold. And I like how they did that. And then they followed it with the second one, but, you know, launched them up into up to the title. Only downside to it at all, and this isn't really anyone's fault, is it took a minute for Bay to get the titles. And so you could tell everyone just kind of like staying there for a second, like letting him do it. But that you know that's not really anyone's fault like i said so anyway i really enjoyed this match i love all the talent involved you know this is great stuff yeah and krista how long have we been sitting here saying ace of bays needed that that win that statement win and they got it tonight in ultimate x what do you think of this match anything you want to shout out in this whole thing I really liked how in the first two thirds of the match, it felt like Motor City Machine Guns was trying to use their their knowledge of the match to win the match. But I feel like they overthought it. They kept cutting off the ring or trying to pin. There was twice where they had where one person had both Ace Austin and Chris Bay while Saban or Shelly would go up to try to grab the belts. But I think in turn that led to them being too smart for their own good. I also have to shout out the. um, it's Austin going up for the first time to get the belts. And uh, I think it was, um, I'm checking my notes, y'all. Don't judge me. Saban getting kicked in the spot. Saban was kicking him in the spot like a little school kid, like on the back of a plane. It was the funniest thing to me. At the end, too, I thought it was innovative. Like um, Steven just said, and I think you just said as well, Joe Pearl. At the end, when you see it, there was a standstill. They had to like rip with, with his teeth. And I yes. thought that was really cool. It added to the desperation effect. And I love it. I love it. I've been saying that Ace and Bay are the, especially Chris Bay, do need these wins. And this was a good benchmark for them. I love it. I loved it. Yeah, hot open, crowd was into it. Uh, once again, Steven Jensen's brother in Ace Austin's uh, DMs being like, hey, brother, you know how you should finish this match? Okay, hear me <laughs> out. You're going to flip your partner up onto the top of the Ultimate X, and it's how it's going to win. And Ace was probably like, oh, that's much better than anything we had to do. I like Come that it was on. original, because like we've seen so yes. many Ultimate X matches. And like, I mean, there's obviously a lot of creative ways you can do stuff with that, but to continue to innovate and do new things. And also for it to, like it's tough for something not to come off like goofy or too choreographed too Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know? So like, I think everything came off really, really good in this, you know? So that's, you know, testament to everyone involved. Yeah. And again, I shout out Chris Saban. He has been at this for 20 years in impact wrestling alone. He had his 20th ultimate X match tonight. It's wild. How wild that is insane. Absolutely legendary. And behind him was his tag team partner who has only been in seven ultimate X matches only. So (laughs) Chris Saban is the pillar of impact at this point <laughs> he really is and let's get into uh, a few more pillars now it's time for the design and it turned out to be a four-on-three match against santino morella joe hendry and the one and only 
Dirty Dango. Super serious professional wrestler, Dirty Dango. Cresta, this match didn't go anywhere near the way I expected it to go. I thought that this was going to be cementing Callahan as a member of the design and just moving forward with that story. It turns out this whole thing was for naught, and it was just an excuse for Sammy Callahan to shave his head and move on with his own story. Cresta, this match, what do you think about it? Personally, I didn't love it very much, but I know that wrestling is different for everyone else. So talk to me. I said on Thursday that Joe Hendry was going to win, and you were like, nah. So I just want to say I feel vindicated about that. Your clairvoyance. I ha- I now have your all-seeing eye. Um, the match was fine. I'm not going to lie. It's about time Sammy Callahan turned on him. Really, last week with Diener, with him trying to tag himself, like, I need to go help um, – angels and you were like no and then and then angels lost and then you still snapped that diener i'm like this does not make sense like you killed eric young for what <laughs> they <laughs> like, killed literally yeah <laughs> what did you kill eric young for if this is how this was going to shake out the match was great dirty dango for as goofy as he is is such a good wrestler and i hate it i hate it it's literally i am the worst but actually i'm the best <laughs> um I don't have anything that's like a highlight besides I wrote Callahan turns on Dina Lamo. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I do want to yeah. put over Joe Henry in this match. And I think we'll be doing that tonight mm-hmm. in general. Those, uh, I can't even tell you what those, the form that he has on like his fallaway slam is so yes. strange because normally in a fallaway slam, you pick up your opponent and you bring him backwards and you let him go. Joe Hendry kind of flips onto his stomach as he brings them around. I don't know what that's about. I don't know what brings him to do it, but he did it to literally every member of the design except for Khan, who, uh, well, turned out to be a little bit heavier for for Joe Hendry. I want to see that so bad. Of course. (laughs) At the end of the day... Callahan's about to hit one of those pile drivers on Joe Hendry, and then they do the ref bump, and then, of course, they lead up to Callahan's going to take out, who is he going to take out? Uh, Santino, and then Diener's just like, no, 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 no. Let me get the bat. We're best buddies now. Gets the bat and then gives it to Callahan. Callahan wipes out Cody Diener. And that's the match. Cobra from Santino Morella and Cody Diener eats the pin. Here's what I didn't like. And Steven Jensen, I know you you got to agree with me on this. You do not wait 15 full pinfall counts to mm. have the referee come in yeah. and count three. Yeah, I know that, that took too long for the ref to get in there and uh, count that three count. I definitely agree with that. And um, <clears throat> I think the last time I was on here, I made this pretty clear that I wasn't like super pumped on Santina Morella being involved with impact like at all. Like and nothing against him personally. I just, I just don't have, I was never really a huge fan of his to begin with him. If I'm not going to lie, but, and so I really don't care to see him in 2023. So I really didn't care to see him, it, but it's the same with like, you know, uh, um, what's it, Alex Riley who like recently was wrestling like NWA and stuff. And they went out there and like hurt himself jumping over the top rope and stuff like that. Like, it's like that, that's kind of what I grouped that in with like dress wrestlers. that I don't really need to see anymore. If, if I'm just being totally honest, but Joe Hendry, obviously he has a ton of potential and like, mm-hmm. he's really something that I think impact should really be looking at closely as like really trying to have him break through. Cause that wasn't the last show when it was Hendry versus moose that we talked about. Cause that match was really, really good. I remember. And you're muted. It was. I re- 
I realized that halfway through my sentence. Yes, it was. And they was, did a great job. It was yes. a, like, I thought that was an incredible match. And correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't I don't always catch the week to week show. Has Joe Hendry like I feel like on the last pay-per-view we watched, the whole crowd was like singing with it and they were all doing the waving. Mm-hmm. And then this show, I don't know if it was just like this specific crowd. I'm Joel, you would be able to speak more to that, but I just felt like they weren't as into it. And I was expecting like the big, like, you know, intro for him and everything. Cause they felt, he felt like a much bigger star on the last show. Granted, it was like a one-on-one match with Moose that felt more important than this like multi-man match. But I don't know. Y'all, does that make sense what I'm saying? Yeah. This, this yeah. crowd was really weird. They were, well, I agree too, yeah, yeah, it was a full house. Don't get me wrong, like, it was a busy packed house. We were standing room only, like, I was told we don't have a seat for you, but like, you can go find a spot, uh, you know, and, and go watch the show. And we got great seating, but like, yeah, the place was packed, even the second level, which you probably didn't see much of, mm-hmm. was busy and packed, and it wasn't supposed to be open, but uh, yeah, it, it was the crowd was weird. Our section had a few people who were just doing rowdy, weird chants throughout the night, but other than that, people were just kind of there and watching the show. I yeah. thought in the beginning when they introduced Joe Hendry, you heard the clap, clap, and then that was it. But yeah. I feel like the crowd was rowdy all night, though. Yeah. So, yeah, just like, and once again, this is just like me just observing. Like, I feel like the last show, but this is once again, it's like it's it's every pay per view, and you only have so many spots, and you want to get as many people on the show as you can, and I get all that as well. But so it might just be the positioning, also. But um, I just, I just thought that was worth mentioning. Like Joe Hendry is someone I think they need to be careful with because I think he like he really comes across like a real potential star for them. So, um. Anyway, but I thought this match was like, the match was okay. I'm not really thrilled to see Callahan turn on the design or I'm not really that interested in the design to begin with. If I was Alan Angels, I'd be kind of like frustrated probably. It feels like he left like a better version of this in AEW, you know? Like, yeah. It's like he was kind of in the same position in AEW, but like in front of a lot more people and like a like kind of a better group, you know? Um, you know, I, I respect him going out there and betting on himself angels you know what i mean i love his indie work i see him all the time out there on the indie scene but it just just another observation while i was watching this i was kind of like i kind of feel like i'm watching five from the dark order like i felt like he was leaving aw like to do something different than this you know yeah yeah absolutely it's a good shout uh hey by the way a good shout leaving a thumbs up on this video go ahead do that if you're watching us here on facebook you go ahead toss that like or the heart or whatever whatever you want you can engage with us maybe you don't like us that's fine tell us i dare you go ahead (laughs) dare you i'll uh, cry will you okay you'll cry that's a lie i will <laughs> all bad anyway uh tommy dreamers backstage with gia miller um he cuts a really heartfelt promo about his mother um who had been in the hospital in and was supposed to get out of hospital but unfortunately she had suffered a stroke when she was supposed to come out of the hospital uh, apparently she's unresponsive still at the hospital and he says he's going to take time off after this match by the sounds of it. He also talks about the rest of his team having, you know, left families, left their homes to be part of impact wrestling, to be part of wrestling in general, Um, a really heartfelt moment. And Tommy, of course, he was very emotional tears. Um, We, I mean, listen, we all wish Tommy dreamer and his family the best. This was uh, a really tough promo to watch. I think, um, I think it's really easy for us to just say, oh, Tommy's crying again. But this time, especially, there was so yeah. much emotion and so much honesty behind it that, uh, you know, there was it was raw. And it was it was a really uh, a really heartfelt promo that uh, that Tommy cut really not even a promo, just uh, just honestly him looking at the camera and just talking. 
but you can tell by like everyone else in the shot, like all the other wrestlers standing there, like they're like their faces and eyes. You can tell like it was very legitimate, uh-huh. you know. Like I'm not not to say it was. Y'all know what I mean. It was very real what he was saying. Yeah, he was. He was. I mean, he was hearing up. That's that was yeah. That's and as a fan just sitting there listening to him talk about that, it's like it was choking me up. That's that's something that nobody. You don't want anyone to have to deal with that. So that's yeah, that's tough. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So again, we, we send our best to Tommy Dreamer absolutely. and his family. Uh, it's it's a tough time, and uh, we we hope for the best for him, and that he takes whatever time he's about to take off. He takes as much as he needs. To, yeah. Uh... Absolutely. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time, but The question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's BetterHelp.com slash Fightful. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. To, to be with his family uh there's no other way that i can forward this but other than last rights match between pco and edward edwards maybe that wasn't the right place for that promo come to think of it but that's yeah. actually yeah no yeah yeah that was i anyway. feel like they could have switched those two matches just for, <clears throat> just for this moment just switch yeah. the two the yeah. two matches yeah oh, that is weird, very weird time oh boy see i wouldn't have caught it unless you brought it up like that but you did oh, it's yeah, my that notes. was the point y'all yeah now it's just it's, out yeah, now anyway. I'll say this um, to just hard right turn, just right into the match. I've never seen something before. Well, I shouldn't say never, but the way the PCO's shoulder popped out and then he popped it back in on the ring post. Like I've seen that in like the UFC, like in between rounds, like people like in their corners, that kind of stuff. But I've never like that was that was gnarly, dude. <laughs> but anyway, that, let's, let's talk about the match. So <laughs> the match is nuts. So first of all, that's a PCO special. Like that is something that PCO has done before in Impact alone. Wait, with so, that, with that, knot with the on his... shoulder, yeah, he's See, always got knots. I've never, I've never noticed him have it that big before. I don't know. I've seen him like mess with his shoulder before, but I don't know. I was, I was kind of freaking out when I saw it because they did such a good job of selling it the way that they grabbed his arm on the outside and pulled him like that. 
Yeah, I think he's just had enough. I, I I said this to a couple of people who were at the show standing in front of me who weren't like avid impact watchers. I I just said, um, PCO is the kind of guy who hates his own body. Right. And he will do anything to absolutely take it out on his own body. And that's exactly what he did tonight against Edward Edwards. Uh, before the match kicks off, I just want to point this out. The casket that they brought out tonight. I don't know if y'all saw what I tweeted out. I went to Impact Slammiversary in 2018 at that same venue. And Sue Young was on top of a casket. Guys, that was the same bloody casket. Caskets are expensive. They were, I swear to God, it was the same oak casket, and it looked like it on the inside, too. Let's talk about this match. Uh, everyone hates their bodies. Lish comes out, tries to get involved with the shovel. They do some callback spots, which I appreciate. Uh, PCO ends up getting the big win. Cresta, just talk me through this match, because this is uh, there was a lot going on here. So before the match even starts, PCO just yeets himself at Eddie <laughs> Edwards. And then, like, for the first, like, minute, minute and a half, PCO was just letting Eddie Edwards have it. And then Eddie Edwards decides, time's up, time to elder abuse. And I don't know what AARP is called in Canada, but I wanted to call them because what was happening wasn't cool. From the, the dive outside to the deanimator, and then he missed the deanimator, and then his shoulder pop, it, was, it got real gross real fast. <laughs> but then when he, um, PCO turned it around, no, PCO began to turn it around after Eddie Edwards hit him in the head with the kendo stick, and that was gross. That was real gross. Then he did the deanimator on Eddie on the outside where half of Eddie's body was off, and that was gross again. And then Lish came out with the, the I'm probably all out of order. I'm jumping around. The point I'm trying to make is I was rather rather sports entertained. Jesus Christ, I'm having a stroke. I was really sports entertained. More than I thought I would, because I don't particularly care for Eddie Edwards matches, but PCO beat the hell out of this man tonight, and I was really entertained. Please, Steven yeah. Jensen, take it away from me, because yeah. my brain is blue screaming. No, no, I, I'll also add on, like, that that shovel uh, that shovel spot right at the end where he just hit him right in the head, just straight hit him in the head with the shovel. I, I love that. That was good stuff. <laughs> um, but... Uh, no, it's funny because I actually on the weekend or this morning I said I said this and I knew I, I knew this would come up. So I said I wasn't going to do this because so you actually did it for me, really, Cressa. Because we always come on here and we're always going to say Eddie Edwards Impact Pay Per View. It's going to be some sort of hardcore match or street fight or stipulation mm-hmm. match. And usually I go into it going, I'm not that I'm not really looking that forward to it. But by the time it's over, I'm saying it was really good. And I'm glad they, they did it this morning when I recorded the weekend or I said, I'm looking forward to this match. It's going to be good. I know it's going to be good. I'm sure I'll be talking about how good it was afterwards. And here we are. Um, it was exactly what I expected. Like, I mean, PCO, that's exactly that's exactly what you want out of him, what he did tonight. Um, he did everything he does pretty much perfectly um just just right to the brink of of putting himself in retirement it's every every match of pco it's it's right in that line of like how how hurt are you going to get will you be will you be here next week um will you be here long term how many more times we're we gonna see this and i've been feeling this about pco since like 2018 or whatever he started having his big resurgence again it's always been like what's the, is the next match gonna be his last because he always oh, looks no. so he always looks so hurt out there um but he killed it again tonight and it was good to see him get the win over Edwards because Edwards usually wins these kinds of matches also, it feels mm-hmm. like, you know. Um, so 
um yeah good for pco and i don't really know um y'all know, know better than me i don't know where this goes after this because i'd imagine this is you know put this puts a bow on the pco edwards feud i think so too um and, and that's a big win though for pco like so there must be something big around the corner for him you would think I have a theory and we'll talk about it in just a minute. I do want to spotlight a couple of things here. Uh, first of all, Edward Edwards couldn't uh, buy himself a win this weekend. He also lost uh, the New Japan strong title match he had against Kenta at New Japan Collision and then decided that he was going to get beat the shit out of by PCO, which I get again, when you're, well, listen, when, when your opponent doesn't love his body, he's going to take it out on you too. Uh, they do a slap fest spot in the middle of the match, which I thought was really good. They just kept yeah. going at each other. That was a lot of fun. That's a PCO special. That's yeah, like, uh, uh, you're expecting over. that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when Eddie takes out that kendo stick, the crowd was loving it. They were so into it. And then Eddie cracks PCO in this head and a piece of the kendo stick goes flying way up into the crowd and then back down to the like to the back of the stage people just they they loved it and that <laughs> that busted open pco it looked hard way uh mm -hmm. because he was yeah he was bleeding after that they do uh, a really cool chicken wing suplex into the boston knee party i thought that was really solid and then of course we do the coffin spot uh edwards uh you know, they do the shovels and everyone gets hit. Lish gets hit with a shovel. Everyone gets hit with a shovel except for PCO, uh, who doesn't go down when he does get hit with a shovel. But he puts down Edward Edwards. Hopefully that's the end of the feud. And then we go to a backstage interview with Trey Miguel that doesn't exactly work. Right. And they tried it a few times. They I don't know. Did. I didn't know what they what y'all saw, what you saw there live. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. They, they showed it, it, I think, two or two or three different times they tried showing that. Then it just went to something else. So. Yeah, because the sound was not sounding. Yeah. Death, taxes, production issues at a live impact show. I'm sorry, folks. I will say, though, like, not that was pretty much it, though. Like, as far as issues, I think that was really the only one. There was a few sound other issues. Like, you could yeah. hear the double audio for the commentary, but sure. that was it. Yeah. Not yeah. Too I, bad, though. Not too bad. No, not bad. I, I had gotten a couple of uh, I gotten a couple DMs from people who were watching who were like, "Hey, I know you like to harp on on post production and on production, but I want to let you know audio is better this week." I'm like, "Oh, it's good to know." Okay, thanks. But uh, yeah, it's it's good that there were minimal issues. Listen, I want them to succeed. I want Impact to have a successful time and a good team behind them. Uh, so let's move on. The X Division trip a uh, three way elimination match. It wasn't a triple threat because. You had to be pinned to be eliminated, and then the second pin wins the match. Trey Miguel retains. I was a little bit shocked because two things. First of all, the match was so good. There were so many fun moments in this match, and we're going to talk about it. I do want to spotlight and talk about, and I will spend a little time on this, where the hell does Jonathan Gresham go from here? Because he was the first man out, and the way he was eliminated was actually, I loved it. So Trey Miguel hits the Meteora on Gresham while Gresham is in a figure four leg lock, which is a callback between Speedball and Gresham. That was basically the crux of their second and third matches is the, the figure four. Uh, but Gresham meets the pin number one. And then, of course, we said Trey retains. That was a roll-up. He grabbed the tights of Speedball Mike Bailey. Let's talk about the match itself. Uh, Steven Jensen... Talk to me about the match, and then I know we're going to talk about uh, about Jonathan Gresham because he feels like he's kind of just waiting around Impact. Yeah, it's interesting, um, especially with the news that you we talked about a little bit at the beginning. So, like, I, I, um, 
Well, so first of all, the match ruled. Um, I, I right off the bat, I noticed Trey didn't do the thing with the fake spray paint, which I liked. He didn't do that because like it was kind of corny. There's a reason for that. Was it was it because of the just the way it was set up? Yeah, yeah the because, venue. Listen, yeah. if he times it right, it looks cool. But if it if it doesn't, it looks weird. Like that's yeah. all I'm saying. I have yeah. to agree with that, and I hate that I have to agree with that. But if it's timed yeah. right, it looks awesome. When it's not, it's like wah wah. Exactly, yeah. and we yeah. love Trey. Like Trey Miguel's the man, and like I want every reason because uh, people probably think I, I don't like him because I always knock the meteor and stuff. Like I I I think Trey Miguel is super talented. As a matter of fact, whenever he loses X Division Championship and or Option sees it, I like I want to see him in the World Title mix. I, I Trey Miguel push him like i love the dude i love all three of these guys in this match as a matter of fact how the match was really really good um i actually assumed that gresham would be the first one out mainly because i i know that speedball has like a good position on the show and and i know that you know he's he was recently the the, the former exhibition champion and stuff so like and i and gresham kind of felt lost going into this match to me and we're going to talk about because it feels like that coming out of it even more so now um but uh there was a couple times there, like towards the end after Gresham got eliminated, which by the way, that was a great elimination via uh, Meteora. Like when it set up like that, the way that it was, I thought it was done really, really well. And um, there was multiple times where Speedball went for the um, Ultima weapon where I thought like he was going to hit it. And that was going to be it, especially after he hit the the uh, Moonsault double knees on the outside right at the end before he went for that last um, Ultima weapon. Um Surprised he never went for the flamingo driver. Does he does he use that often in impact or no? Does he ever really use it in impact? It's no, like it's... option select. Like if he okay. has to because he's yeah. hurt, he'll use it then. But it's pretty much ultimo driver or kick like the fury kicks into the ultimo driver. The tornado, the tornado kick yeah. into the yeah, okay, yeah. okay, gotcha. So yeah, but I also say this before we get into into uh uh and of course, if you want to elaborate more on the match, absolutely do so. But like um I've been saying this for a while now, but like, especially lately speedball, Mike Bailey is probably the best in ring wrestler in the world right now. Like the dude doesn't miss in any company. I watched the dude live locally when he's here and he kills it. He's, he's just a, a, just a match of the night machine everywhere. Um, and impact wrestling, having access to him, they need to really capitalize on this, whether the, whether he's there for one more day or the next five years, I have no idea what, what speedball's future looks like. I have absolutely no clue, but the dude is so good and he draws attention and he brings eyes to your product and he, he can be relied on to, to have him. Everyone will talk about his match at the end of his match at the end of the show, every single time. Like it's, it's, it's a given. So like it, when, when you have these like WrestleMania weekends, collective weekends and stuff like that, you're always talking about late, late the last couple of years. It's like how all the matches speedballs have and uh, match of the match of the weekend, match of the weekend. It's always speedballs in the conversation. So he just, I just really need to give him a lot of credit right now for the impact audience watching this right now. He, he's legitimately, in my opinion, he might be the best in ring wrestler in the entire world right now. Like impact needs to capitalize on that. In my opinion. So Cressa, I sat down with speedball, Mike Bailey, but st- really we stood up, but I had an interview with him that dropped on Fightful earlier this week. I, Maybe yesterday. Anyway, uh, where we talked about his X Division championship run. And one thing that he said to me was that he wanted to win that title and go after the world championship and impact without cashing in option C. Talk to me about the match. How did you feel about the outcome? Trey Miguel again walking out victorious and uh, Speedball was the uh, the guy that he pinned to uh, to win that match. 
Um, I knew that Trey Miguel was going to cheat too, because if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. And it makes sense with how he has been going, everything that's been going down with him. Um, it does kind of suck that Gresh was out first, but I do agree with everything you two just said about where Speedball is on the card. You now set up Speedball being pissed, you know, at how things went down to chase the exhibition championship. But you also got a Gresham who was double pinned. I don't know if that protects him quote unquote, to say that, well, you, you got pinned by both people, but that's only because you were tied up. Or I don't know if this turns Gresham heel. Like a lot of people were speculating. The match itself was great. Like um, Steven just said, you can always depend on speedball to deliver a match of the night and him missing those two ultimate ultimate weapons to finally hit it was gnarly. Cause I know his knees hurt. Cause didn't he wrestle like new Japan strong last night or, or whatever it was. Yeah, he was in a, a he was in a ten man tag. I don't think he saw too too much action though. That dude generally wrestles probably like five times a week. Yeah, <laughs> you know he's wild. So ridiculous yeah. though. Yeah. Like, yeah. um, as far as him going for the X division, I mean, going for the title without cashing in on the X division, I think it's possible on um on merit alone. I don't think that necessarily he has to be like the best promo cutter or um, the because I think his promos are very much. I'm a good guy. Yeah. But the work speaks for itself. The hands and feet speak for themselves. And I think, again, even if he's I think he's charismatic. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying, like, even if his promos are a little like not as spicy as someone like a Macklin or a Deanna Perrazzo, he could still do the meat and potatoes in the ring. I don't need to talk to beat you up. Well, part, I feel that same way about Gresham too. For sure, I didn't mean to cut you off. Sorry. No, you good. You good. I, I am. I, I. I think part of that is he's somewhat handcuffed, and this isn't even Impact's fault. Well, it kind of is, and it kind of isn't. Mm. What? I, what part of what I think makes Speedball so great on the indie scene, and why he's become like such a? I mean, he's like probably the main guy people talk about on the indies right now. I would say a big part of it, of course, is the in ring, but because of like the fan interaction and stuff, there's all these other like layers to him that you don't see an impact. So like, like for instance, him coming to the ring to brass monkey by BC boys, it's a completely different vibe than when he comes out at impact to like that generic, like slow music. It's a completely different mm-hmm. type of entrance. It's a completely different type of energy. He's doing a lot of the same type of like stuff, but when he's coming to the ring on the Indies, the fans have their hands up and he's, He's punching their hands. He's kicking their hands. He's warming up. And like, it's super interactive. And like, and you're, it's this upbeat, you know, brass monkey, that funky monkey. And everyone's like, it's like a party when speedball shows up with it. So it's just a totally different vibe. I feel like, which could honestly be changed by like a different theme music or just, just a different, just there's little ways you could tweak speedball that I think would make the impact crowd maybe like him more or just like be more invested in him as like a character. Because like you said, Cresta, like the in-ring work is, that's going to speak for itself. As long as you can get someone to watch him in the ring, they're going to become a fan. So it's just a matter of, so, you know, hooking them as a fan um, of him as like a character or more personality or whatever. It's really funny because Jensen, everything that you're saying, absolutely. You're right. Like I, it hits with me with impact wrestling. Whenever you have a character that also works on the independence, they are, are a different character than what they portray in the Indies. Masha Slamovich is a really good example of that in Impact. Yeah. In Impact, she is a Russian-speaking assassin 
She has no friends. She's just there for championships, checks and championships, right? And then you go to GCW and like she wins the GCW Heavyweight Championship from Nick Gage, gets on the microphone in her adopted home city of New York City and talks about, you know, being the girl who said she'd never do it and then winning the match. And, you know, this is for everyone who wants to dream. And it's a very different Masha from company to company. I, I think it's very interesting that uh, that there are certain changes or at least certain things that could be picked and tweaked from all these people what the, what they're doing on the indies to bring into impact to maybe make them a little bit more relatable as a character yeah because because even like because i know that it's different with the indie fans for speedball for instance because you're all right up there and he can he can punch and kick their hands and stuff i get there's limitations to that with guardrails and the way that stuff's going to be set up but you could even have some guys come out if you if you wanted to make him I, I, this is literally off the top of my head this is probably a terrible idea but you can make it goofy you can make it serious however even if you had like a couple of trainers with him where when he's walking down to the ring you just see him warming up the way that he does like it's just this other out because the guy is such a great martial artist it's, it's like it's really impressive just seeing the way he throws kicks and how he can hit targets like every time i'm in an indie show i make sure if he's on the card I will run up to the corner wherever I know he's going to be coming around and I put my hands up and I'll put it in like different spots. And he hits, he hits awesome, man. And that's, a, that's another reason, just the interactiveness. It's, um, I will say this too. I know he wants to, he's talked about coming out um, on the Indies to uh, one of the water level themes from, uh, I don't know if you've heard about this. It might be from it was Mario, I think from Donkey Kong, maybe one of the, so like he's talked about changing up his indie music to be like slower. Uh, I know exactly what song you're talking about because if it sounds like the one he comes out to the runway, all right, it's the Donkey Kong Country Water Level with the with the dolphin dun, with the. Dun, with dun, the... Dun, 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 yes, dun. I know exactly what you're talking about. Dun, 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 dun. We are yeah. such dorks. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Yeah, but like that would be a dope song to come out to though. Like yeah. so, so I think he has. I think he, there's a way. But once again, this is we're all on the same page here. I think the people in the chat get what we're saying too. Cause it's, it's just one of those things where speedball is money. He's incredible in the ring. And on the Indies, he clicks with the crowd. He clicks with the crowd on impact, but it's just a, it's just a different. And like Joel saying impact probably should be better about the carryover of what's working on the Indies and bring that onto their show. Like Masha shouldn't be, what, what Masha Sandwich is doing in GCW is working incredibly well. It would also work on impact just in front of even more people. So, right. Um, anyway. Well, let's I hit say up. They did that. I'm sorry. I didn't mean oh. to cut you off. No, no, please go ahead. We're here for the chatter. Go for it. Yeah. I was going to say, they, but they do that with Joel Hendry. I almost said Joel Hendry. That's um, me. <laughs> Joel Hendry. They do that with Joe Hendry because if you've seen his music diss tracks on the Indies, this man is a clown. Like, so I, I feel like you're right. I think if there is a time where either one of these two in particular wrestlers need a character change, cause I do think a change in speedball's music might just be just a tweak. If he keeps everything else, that might be just a tweak, but I would, I'd be interested in seeing Masha hitting me with the, if you dream, you could do it. Cause all I know <laughs> is from that woman is I'm going to hit you over the head with a glass bottle. What's good. Like nice. Masha death kill. 
<laughs> oh, I'm into it. Let's go. All right, let's hit it with the super chat. Dobby the Brain Heenan sent us one saying, "Not sure, but they may go back to Gresham and Bailey as a tag team. They're doing Time Machine versus Bailey Gresham and trade tomorrow night at the taping. So that is something that's coming up. And what I thought was going to happen was we were going to see Jonathan Gresham start a soft heel turn tonight. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's not what we saw. However, it doesn't mean it couldn't still happen. Uh, what what do we think? Are we going to potentially see Gresham and Bailey team up again, Stephen Jensen? Um, I mean, I'd be down for it. It'd be, it'd be fine. But I, I, I have, I have no idea. Like, I, I, I really don't know what the best spot for Gresham on the card is. I really don't. Like, that's a really, really good question. Um, because he's a fantastic wrestler. See, he'd fit in great if he was still in Ring of Honor. Like, with how it is right now, like he'd be perfect if he was still there. And um, again, he did an interview with Nick Hausman not too long ago, where he basically said, you know, there's no hard feelings. I've talked to Tony Khan. We're cool again. We don't know how long the contract is in Impact Wrestling for Jonathan Gresham. We know that he signed true. at the end of 2022. That's true. when he showed up. It was December. So for all we know, it could be an eight-month contract. It could be a one-year contract. It could be a six-month contract, and he's done in June. Regardless, it could just be that Gresham is a short-term friend of the show. And that's which is sense. which is and that if that's that like that's totally fine obviously like that you know no problem with that um if he's there longer term they just kind of because my thing is not necessarily that i don't want to see those guys team because i want them both to be successful i'm fans of both but given everything we just said about speedball i just i just feel like they really need to capitalize him on him as a singles guy and just you know figure out a way to push him towards i mean with macklin being the champion now like i mean why not him and speedball for the title soon i mean it's just you know He's gonna have bangers with everyone, so just just do it, you know. I agree with that for Gresham too. I think that Gresham at this point, even if he is just a friend of the show, it'd be nice to see him get some singles wins and some singles victories because him versus Speedball is amazing. And even if he's going to leave or be on his way out, I would like to see Gresham versus Macklin make it happen. For Why sure. not? Absolutely. Yeah, and if you want to make it happen, maybe you should go ahead and join us on FightfulSelect.com, where for five dollars a month. You're getting the most exclusive news on the market, and you're getting it right, by the way. You're not getting any of that aggregated BS, ed- editorialized stuff. No, you're getting the breaking news. You're getting the good stuff. You're getting information about Jordan Grace and her contract status with Impact Wrestling. You're getting CM Punk news like you've never gotten CM Punk news before. We may as well just call it cmpunkselect.com, but no, we're calling it fightfulselect.com. Five bucks, best in the business. You get the greatest news. You get all of the interviews that we do, we get some notes for you. You get to see them before we've released the interview. If you want to get the interview even earlier, we got other tiers you could subscribe to. And if you don't just want the news and you don't just want the notes, maybe you want to hear about independent wrestling. Maybe you want more podcasts. Steven Jensen, the gentleman who is sitting with us tonight, he hosts the Weekender podcast. He's going to plug it more, I know. But if you want all the latest and greatest in independent wrestling, maybe you're not watching NXT Level Up or MLW. Maybe you want to catch up on anything that's going on in the world of, I don't know, GCW or uh, you know what? He'll tell you later. But you can oh, go everything, man. We everything. Talk about everything. We talk, everything. Today we talked about freelance. We talked about House of Glory. We'll talk about talk about a lot of stuff over there. If it's if it's on Fight or IWTV, it's probably being talked about by the one and only Stephen Jensen on the Weekender podcast. And if you want sour graps with Alex and Kate, we got that as well. Just getting a little sour on WWE. They do that. And. If you want some Q&A action, we got the Grapsity Boys. They host one every other week, and Sean Ross Sapp also hosts his weekly Q&A as well. Five bucks, all you need to get in the door for FightfulSelect.com. Get your news, get it right, and get it right now. Luis Polito, 
the great moderator friend of ours says, just to support you wonderful legends. Mayhem for all, indeed. We're going to get there when we get to the main event. I just, I blew my load too quickly. Let's blow our load on Hardcore War, friends. Okay. This, this match was very long. Yes. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. 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 No. Yeah. yeah. See, so it's yeah. like, you know, it's kind of, when I gave my match rating or my my show rating at the at the top, um, I couldn't even tell you what show I would rate a 10. Like, it would be really, really, really hard for me to give a 10 rating to any wrestling show, really. When I gave, like, a 7.5, it's because of kind of, like, matches like this and, like, the, yeah. the Dango, Hendry, Santino match and stuff. Like, you just... Not, not because of Hendry. Don't don't worry, Creston. I'm I'm, 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 I'm with I'm, I'm with you. Listen, if it was up to me, he would have had like a singles match that meant a lot more on the show. Okay. Like, Come on, big brain booking. I respect that. I respect yeah. that. So, but I'm I'm just saying, like, it's kind of like those because because those their matches, I just I just don't think are great. Like, and they kind of drag. Like this one, the 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 Hendry match was about ten minutes or so. That wasn't that wasn't too bad. But this Dreamer and uh, Bully Raid match was like twenty five minutes long. So I mean that's that's a long that's a yeah. long match. Um, I don't know. I don't know if if, if you like, what what do y'all want to talk about as far as like this match goes? Because like, right. I mean, do you want let to me, do, like some play by play or? Let me get listen. Let me give you the best part. Killer okay. Kelly comes into the ring and she starts using staple guns on everybody. Kits King yeah. in the head and then gets Moose in the other head, the one that's lower down. Good for her. Good for you, Killer Kelly. That's what you need to do. Uh, what else happened in this match? Masha comes in, and she ends up doing air. Masha does a flip, takes out, was it Moose Kazarian and Bupinder Gujar. Yuya comes in, does the... Basically, they get to a point where all of the heels are fought to the outside, and all of the faces have taken the high road in the ring, and they're just waiting. And th this is where this match, I think, kind of got a little bit lost in the shuffle. They were waiting for an obscenely long time for bully ray to get in the ring and then they were all waiting so that they could take out bully who comes out and then the heels all get into the ring and they take out the faces because they're all you know waiting for bully to get in the ring and then they do it again when the is it me He's sorry, Joe. Sorry, Joe. You're, you're you're skipping around for a second. If you want to hold on for just a second, oh, I I got you. Um, <laughs> hey, Chris, I don't know if you know. Do you, are you familiar with the show from back in the day called um, My Brother and Me, Nickelodeon? Yes. Barely. Kenny King was on that show back in the day, and he was in this match. So I wanted to throw that out there. It's some useless knowledge that I think was cool because that was one of my favorite shows back in the day. And there was an episode. It was about Cool Doctor Money. He had a cool like a haircut. Cool Doctor Money. And Kenny and Kenny Kenny King was the kid in the show who had the haircut that all the other kids saw. That like, and then they went and got the haircut. So Joel, I was just killing some time there while you fix your stuff with the with some with some facts there. It's because the studio uses Wi-Fi and not a direct Ethernet cable. Yeah, and it's just well, you're good it now. I was literally just, I just, I, 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 I panicked on the downtime and just threw out a cool Doctor Money fact. So, no, thank you for that. That was a good panic. <laughs> they wait, so they're waiting for Killer Kelly to show up, or they're waiting for Tommy Dreamer to show up, and then Killer Kelly is damsel in distress, and like next thing you know, you know, Dreamer shows up, and they they just fight again. It just a lot of this went on for too long, and it it was all just trying to narrow down to bully versus dreamer one-on-one -on -one. the referees beat up bully because they've had enough of his bullying of the referees uh they end up setting up a ladder for him this is this is the thing bully keeps trying to to take uh the 
the AEW powerhouse Hobbs spot where Hobbs grabbed the, the brass ring. Right. You guys remember that? And he oh, keeps yeah. trying to get the referees to grab the, the ladder and secure him down because he thinks that's heat, but it's not. It's just silly at this point. It's yeah, weeks it's, later. It's corny. Yeah, it's corny. It so the corny. referees, so the referees at this point were all just done with it because he went after a referee. So they all started pummeling down on the guy. And uh yeah, that eventually Dreamer gets to the top of the ladder. He hits a giant splash. This was neat. They do a lot of ECW callbacks in this match, too, by the way. I don't know if you even saw it, remember it, talk about it. What do y'all think? Well, Brian Myers was clearly rocking like a Terry Funk look, which was, you know, yep. cool. You know, he, forever. Yeah, Brian Myers is a massive, massive ECW fan. Big ECW uh, toy collector as well. Um, yeah. Well, I followed that journey of his. Um, yeah, this, I mean honestly this is pretty much exactly what i expected out of this match i just wish it was like 10 minutes shorter i wish it would just been like yes. them just doing all this way faster um but i'm not like upset with the outcome i i mean as a matter of fact i'm happy for the outcome you know going into this match i wasn't super invested in the story or anything but after tommy dreamer talking about you know you know everything he was saying earlier in the show uh-huh. i was like they better not have this man lose right right after that right so I, it was good to see him hit that splash and get the w so Crest of Star, what do you think of this match? Because it was very long and a lot of things happened. A lot of things happened, but it was a little chaotic. It like I want to touch on that ladder spot just one more time because it kind of irked me because it's one of those things where it's like, so you wanted the wrestler to fall and die? <laughs> and we're just gonna make fun. Like, like, what did you what what do you expect? And now that you're doing it, like you said, weeks later, it's like that was unnecessary, I think that with all the other things that you're doing, you really didn't need to do that. Like, like Steven said too, like this could have been 10 minutes short. If you just played the greatest hits, let's go, let's do it. But eh, the cheese grated too. Come on now. Disgusting. No, that's the best part. That's what you're here for. My bloodline so is weak. Uh, <laughs> never. Well, I shouldn't say never watch GCW. Definitely watch GCW. But if you know, like if you start seeing them bringing out like tubes and glass and stuff, like just skip past that match. But like, well, my biggest example is I love Effie. I enjoy watching yeah. his content and his stuff. But once he gets to wrestling, I have to close the laptop. Thank you. It's been lovely. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> he stapled uh, his tongue to somebody else's tongue recently. Oh, yeah. They've they, they, they been wilding out over there. So I'll point out those two <laughs> ECW spots I alluded to. The first was the damsel in distress. Kelly, Killer Kelly was being portrayed. Mm. Sorry. Killer Kelly played the role of Beulah tonight. Yes. In the Tommy Dreamer versus Raven feud. And Bully was, of course, Raven. And then the other one was when Bully, uh, sorry, when when Tommy hit the pile driver on Masha, that was, of course, the Francine and Raven storyline. So again, it was just a lot of ECW callbacks. And I don't hate it, but at the same time, what are we doing here? Right. Yeah, that's fair. yeah. I feel like kind of too to a point with all the chaos that Masha has been causing. Loki, she deserved that. <laughs> and that's why I was like, this match wasn't terrible because you know there's, there's other people and other promotions who have been menaced to men for weeks and months now who may or may not also deserve a pal driver. So I lived vicariously through this. <laughs> yeah. And I was actually just about to bring this up. And this is a really great point. This first, this first part of this, well, the whole super chat, the whole, not super chat, but this chat, I just pulled up here from Dex. This first line here, Moose was the best heel in wrestling uh, for a year straight. I think is what he means, especially like during the pandemic. Um, and I was about to ask that, like what happened to where Moose has gone from like that level to like a background character in this? 
So basically the way that this happened was originally it was supposed to be Skylar and Hotch who also got involved in the match. They right. were supposed to be in the match this good past hands. week. Yeah, the good hands this past week on impact. They ran a, uh, a quick little ditty where Moose and Myers got involved in the advantage match between Kenny King and Frankie Kazarian. And then bully had a really good promo. I did put this over on the Thursday show and I'll do it again. He cut a very ECW style promo in, in the stairwell of a gymnasium in Windsor, Ontario, where he said, like, this is the family, this is the team, and he introduced Moose and Myers as joining it. The thing is, Moose and Myers and Cardona, until Cardona basically was done with Impact, uh, they were going after Joe Hendry in the Digital Media Championship, right. and Hendry was making Moose look like an idiot, and it was really good mid-card fodder. And Jensen, like we just talked about it, Moose and, and Hendry had great matches, but right. everything was set up as a comedy act. So that's really how Moose and Myers showed up in this feud, and it looks like they're going to try and springboard that into something else moving forward. Okay. But also it was really, very last minute. Also really, too, like Joe Hendry ruined Moose's life for all intents and purposes in, in kayfabe storyline. Yeah. So this totally makes sense. And Myers has kind of been lost since uh, his friend Matt Cardona went to the Shadow Realm. So That's <laughs> right. Well, you can also uh, send us a super chat, just like Ricardo did. Said, hey, guys, just want to send a little love. Well, thank you. We appreciate the love. We always do. And you know who else appreciates the love, guys? Is the new Impact Wrestling Champion, Steve Macklin. There was a vacant world title on the line. Kushida and Macklin had a really good match that built and built. And I loved what I loved about this is, first of all, they took something from nothing. This whole match was based around the hoverboard lock and trying to get Macklin's arm incapacitated enough that Kushida could hit it. And Kushida hit it from all sides and all angles and everywhere. And we get to the finish. And what does Macklin do? He reverses the hoverboard lock and takes out Macklin or sorry, it takes out Kushida from all sides. It does the tag him and bag him, gets a KIA out of it. Everything is great. Uh, let's not look past the elephant in the room. And that is Nick Aldis is back. Magnus. Big Brutus Magnus is back. And he joins commentary for the Knights. This uh, was a big old bowl of foreshadowing for anyone who was watching it. Uh, Steven Jensen, Nick Aldis is back. We'll talk about what happened post-match, but let's talk about Kushida and Macklin and uh, and what I thought was a really solid match for these two. So I I think it was, you know, given the circumstances, they made the most sense they could out of why this was the match for the title with like Kushida not getting the shot at um what's that a multiverse and um Macklin winning his way in with the multi-man match. So like it made sense why it was set up the way that it was. I never, the only thing, and I think this is also probably part of the reason why this match didn't main event. I think this was more of a predictable, like, who I, I, I had a way harder time deciding who I thought was going to win between Jordan and Deanna than I was pretty sure Macklin was going to win this match. Yeah. You know, Kashida's the man, great wrestler, nothing against Kashida, obviously, but it felt like Macklin was, I don't know if Macklin was going to be the guy to beat alexander or not but they made it seem like he was very credible threat to him and that was probably going to happen tonight they were going to have a banger match and he might have even won that for all we know but um so the predictability wise i really felt like most people felt like macklin was going to you know win this title tonight um but i thought the match itself was was really good i really really liked and this was something really basic but it, it was just done really well uh, when Macklin just like fought out of one of those hoverboard locks by just punching him in the in the face and for just ground and pound, just he just beat his way out of that move. And it was like, oh, okay, Macklin's like 
he's he's winning this thing. Like he's determined. Not he's and he had he, like you said, Joel. He had an answer for everything. He was prepared. Um, the and and good for Steve Macklin, a guy who WWE did pretty much nothing with, and he got like total. I mean, I'll be fully full transparency. He got totally screwed by the company because he he was pretty much lumped into something that really wasn't him. Um, and people can look into that, but his whole act got screwed up that he was involved with because of something that he didn't have anything to do with. And he, he's been not, he's, you know, hit home runs every time he got out there for impacts. He's been in the company. He has great matches. Um, the only knock on him, I'm going to be completely honest. He just, he looks a bit generic to me. That's all I'm going to say. Like, they're just, he just, he just, he looks like when you start a creator wrestler on a video game, you start with that and then you start putting it together. But his in-ring work is so good and he's been so credible in impact that he's like, he should be the impact champion. Like, I'm glad he's won the title. Like he would be my pick also. If Alexander is, is out and can't be the champion, I think it should be Steve Macklin. Um, so yeah, good, good, good for him. I'm happy to see him do that. Yeah. Before I toss to you, Cressa, to talk about the match, Jensen, I want to point out uh, what you're saying about Steve Macklin is not uh, something I haven't heard before because tonight I was at the show with Tim. We used to host a podcast together on Fightful Overbooked. And Tim, for most people know, he's very much a casual fan. And the first thing he said when he saw Macklin was just like, he's very generic. Right. And, you know, I, he's like, I don't know if I can get behind him. He's like, I like the wrestling, but the character, whatever's going on, like, it may not be for me. So I, I understand. And it's not a knock in a bad way. It's more like a, this is something he could work on. And this is something he could absolutely overcome in the eyes of a casual fan. And they do now they will say this, they do a good job as long as they can continue to do this and put it out there more. They do a good job with like his military background, that kind of stuff. Like once you know more about him as a person and you see him with that look, it, it makes more sense because he's just like a guy who's like really well put together. And it may it is a very seems like a very disciplined person. Like so I I I, I get it, but they they do I just yeah, I feel like they're but here's the thing at the end of the day, I feel like this is you know, how, how long is, is Alexander out for? Do we know? No, it's an, it's, uh, it's, it's indefinite. Indefinite. Yeah, indefinite. Okay. So Macklin could very well be the champion for a while, or at least like have like a real run with this title. Like, so Alexander coming back, isn't like a inevitability. Um, I had no idea how long he was gonna be out for. So yeah. I don't know. How do you feel about, about a Cresta? I mean, I, I feel like, I think we all expected Macklin to win, but I mean, I thought the match was really good. No, I agree with everything you guys said. All of my notes is pretty much everything you said. I will point out at the end of the match, commentary said, once forgotten, now always remembered. And I think this was a smart choice, like you had said, too, to not put this on as the main event. Because I like what they did with Kushida tapping him out before to try to give us a nugget. And Kushida had an answer for everything, trying to do what he can with that arm. But we all saw where this was going. And I kind of felt like, with, especially with all the FU Canada stuff he was doing, he was absolutely going to pin Alexander. I feel like that was the plan. And I think Alexander is a phenomenal champion. And it sucks that it ended this way. But him passing the torch to Macklin would have been chef's kiss. That would have been amazing. I also want to highlight that it took two um, crosshairs and a super KIA to finally put down Kushida. And that is after the ground and pound. And this was still when Kushida was trying to hold on to the hoverboard lock. Kushida's tough as nails, but knowing after commentary say that he didn't win any, hasn't won any world championship and any major promotions, like, damn, yikes, woof. It gives you compassion for Kushida, but I feel like this was the right call. 
This was always a plan, and considering the results of the next match, we love a good power couple, don't we? So, oh, we're gonna get there yeah. post match. So they give Macklin the title. Macklin's like, no, 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 no. I don't want it from you, referee Frank Gastineau. He says, I want this title presented to me by Scott Demore, the man who ran my ass down 10 minutes or 10 days ago. And now comes Scott Demore. He hands the belt to Macklin. And Macklin's like, no, no, no. You got to put it around my waist. And instead, he just kind of throws it at him and says, it's yours. Congratulations. You did it. And as he turns his back, Scott Demore is blasted in the back by Steve. Macklin and Nick Aldis gets up from commentary and stays and stares down our friend Steve Macklin as he exits the ring. Uh, Cresta, how do you feel? Nick Aldis is back with Impact Wrestling and possibly a first opponent for the new champion, Steve Macklin. Never seen Nick Aldis wrestle, very excited, only heard very extreme high praise about this man. I will say. Macklin wasn't wrong. Scott Demore, you did say if you win, since you're so confident, you piece of crap, you got to win in the ring, and I'll come out here and hand it to you personally. I would have demanded the same thing. I would have been like, yo, put it on my waist, daddy. I would have did the same thing. Sorry, I didn't mean to talk crap about your dad, uh, Joel, but I would have demanded the same thing. You said it. I didn't ask for that. You said it. So um, Nick Aldis being his first chance, his first challenger, I don't know. With all the hype and all the praise I hear about him, I'm like, I don't know if I want him to lose right away to Macklin because Macklin's not losing that right now. That's not happening. Nick Hollis doesn't like losing either. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this this plays out. I honestly think all this will probably win the title for Macklin. When you say he doesn't like losing, doesn't like losing like uh oh boy uh the white the white bull uh what's his name? Ah, uh, El Toro Blanco. Roosh. Yeah, Roosh. Like, he doesn't like losing yeah. like Roosh. <laughs> well, yeah, kind of, yeah. Like so, well, so there, so Nick Aldis had a very very long run with the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. He had multiple runs with that title. Mm. Um. Great runs, in my opinion, honestly. Like, you know, I, I cover NWA for um, that NWA very is very much hit or miss. Um, a lot of misses, I'll keep it real, but like all this was a was a real backbone of that company for a long time. Um, he has good matches, like he, you know, he was in impact for you know, he was a world champion as Brutus Magnus previously, but he's gotten a lot better since then, in my opinion. Um, my, my, my thing with him is I don't think he would come back to impact unless like he was he knew he was going to be in a good spot with the company is how I feel mm-hmm. about it. Now I have no idea if there was like a demand for him elsewhere. If, you know, if he had like other options or, or what, I have no idea, but um, you know, he didn't have like the best exit from impact years ago, but a lot has changed in the company since he left too. So like, it's kind of, it's a kind of different company, but. You also um, have to remember, sorry to cut you off. You also have to remember yeah. they've brought back Nick Aldis recently for a slam anniversary. Right. That was just oh, in like yeah. a multi-man match, right? Yeah, but that I think was a bit of the testing of the waters for yeah. Nick Aldis, just to see, do I get along with Scott and the crew or am mm-hmm. I still not so much welcome here in Impact? I'll, I'll never, uh, I'll, this, I'll tell this quick, but years ago I, when I was living in Nashville, this is like 10 years ago, I was working retail and um, I Impact Wrestling was, uh, you know, headquarters is there. So I used to sell cell phones to Dixie Carter's receptionist, like Dixie, Dixie Carter ran TNA and she would come in there and I would sell her cell phones and she would always be like, she's, you know, I liked wrestling. She'd like ask her, I liked an impact or in TNA at the time. And I'd always be like, 
you know, Kurt Angle and, you know, uh, AJ Styles and like I'd always name all these guys. And she would always, no matter who I said, she'd always say, well, what do you think about Magnus? That was always her answer for everything was, what do you think about Magnus? And I would always say, I like, I like Magnus, but like, you know, but I like these other guys better, Samoa Joe and like I, Christopher Daniels, I'd like name all my guys. She'd always come back to Magnus. And not long after they put the world title on Magnus, like they made the whole company about Magnus. He beat Jeff Hardy for the championship. And I could tell like they they really wanted Magnus to be their guy. Like they really, really wanted it. It just didn't really work out how they planned it. So I'm interested to see his return to impact. Um, I, I, and like I said, I think he's got a really good shot of beating Macklin for the title. I really do. And there's also another piece to that. And we'll talk about it in just a second. I do want to point out though, Dixie Carter asking you about Magnus while she's asking Wade Keller about Bobby Lashley. That oh, was right. That right. was the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think see, of Bobby see Lashley? That, see, that was the thing with Dixie. And that was one of her, her downfalls as the, the, the decision maker for impact. I love Dixie, by the way, sweetheart of a woman. She's the kind of person where like, if you went to TNA shows back in the day, she would be out there like hugging the fans and taking pictures. Like she loved the fans that were yeah. support. Like I have nothing but good stuff to say about Dixie Carter, but one of her downfalls was that I think she would get hung up on some people. She really thought were going to be her people. And when they didn't work out, she would stick with them too long and it would, it mess a lot of stuff up. So anyways. All right. Shall we get to the main event? Yes, friends? let's do it. Yes. All yes. right. We, we have a new knockouts world champion. Her name is Diana Perazzo. By the way, tomorrow on Fightful Overbooked at 10.15 a.m. Eastern, you can catch her giving an interview, the first interview as Impact Knockouts world champion. Diana Perazzo will be joining Jeremy Lambert and I on In the Weeds, 10.15 a.m. That'll be live, so go and hang out with us there. She wins a wonderful main event match against Jordan Grace. Uh, I... I don't know what, how to feel about this because I think going into the match, Cresta, you and I talked about the idea that Jordan Grace was turning face, no rhyme intended, uh, after an extended period of feuding with Giselle Shaw, who's very much a heel, and crowds wanting to, wanting to champ for, uh, for Deanna. And then Jordan Grace, we were thinking maybe it's her time to start going heel. Clearly not the case. Clearly not what we got tonight. People were kind of 50-50 with Deanna Perrazzo. What do you think of the match? And how do you feel about uh, the new champion, the power couple, really, Deanna Perrazzo and Steve Macklin? First, I have to give a shout-out to both these ladies in ring gear. Holy crap, that cow Deanna Perrazzo had on. And I love green on Jordan. She looked phenomenal. That being said, these two women went out there, big, meaty women, slapping meat, and also one woman stretching you like toffee. Uh, I thought it was a great match. I thought for a moment Jordan was going to win because with all the storyline she has building going up to it, with her waiting to face Mickey, her warning Mickey not to overexert herself, her losing the Mickey, I thought. But Deanna, either one of these girls would have been a perfect champion. I think Deanna Perazzo being champion, that Venus de Milo looks gnarly. When when Jordan had to like pretty much drag herself by her ankle to the rope and her arm looks so red and so contorted, it was gross. I think Perazzo and Macklin as your power couple champion makes a lot of sense because nothing against Jordan Grace. I think she's a phenomenal champion. I think she's a phenomenal talent. But I think there's something more with her, with a downward spiral story. And maybe her eventually turning heel. But this was just a great match. An excellent show of showmanship. And honestly, Jordan Grace was no slouch either. There were mad times she dropped freaking uh, Deanna on her arm. And Deanna still wasn't letting go like Kushida earlier. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, it's, go ahead, Justin. Oh, sorry, I was going to say, yeah, yeah. And, and with, uh, you know, we were talking about Macklin needing more of like a character to be, to come off less generic to the casual audience. That's, you know, do more with the on, on screen as a, as a couple, like that would absolutely add to, mm-hmm. add to that. As a matter of fact, you know, the impact has this right in front of them as however many different ways they want to do it, especially because they will do, I don't even like using the term intergender match anymore. To me, it's all just wrestling at this point, but I'm going to say intergender because it needs to be said. So to make my point, they have so many options in impact because they will do intergender wrestling where they have couples right there in front of them. They have Gianna Perrazzo and Steve Macklin right there. They have mm-hmm. Jordan Grace and Jonathan Gresham right there. And they have, um, Mickey James, Nick Mickey Aldis. James and Nick Aldis right there. Right. All, all three of those couples right there, all interacting main event level, ready to go. And all of them can wrestle each other. You can do multi-person matches. You can do singles matches. You can mix it up. You've got a ton of stuff you can do right there with all six of those talents. Um, but maybe, I mean, I could definitely see something like that brewing. Depending on how long Mickey's out, I could definitely see a Deanna Perrazzo and Steve Macklin versus Nick Aldis, Mickey James feud. That, but, I, I, yeah. By the way, because Impact loves to do special guest spots for some of the tapings, why not just spitballing? We can bring in, we got Speedball Mike Bailey. Let's bring, bring in Veda Scott. Scott. Let's yeah. bring in Veda. Yeah. Let's, let's have them on commentary for a little bit and then have them wrestle with with or even against people. I don't care what you do. Bring in Veda. Let's do that and have have all of the the, the partners, all everyone mixing and mingling together. Let's do Chad that. Chad is so. saying Eddie and Alicia too. No, nope, don't want it. Never mind. Of course. I yeah. feel it down. like We're not Alicia doing it. just got super kicked tonight. That poor woman <laughs> needs a rest. <laughs> Let uh, Alicia rest, please. Shut it down. We're not doing it. We're just nix the idea altogether. No one's teaming um, with anybody. I will uh, say just real quick yeah. though for the for the match itself. Great match. Yes. Love both these women. Um, mm-hmm. Longtime listeners of mine know I've I've been talking about Jordan Grace forever. I've always been a fan of her. Seeing her her whole physical transformation as well has been yeah very eye opening. Seeing that all happen, um, very inspiring as well. Her and Gresham both, and them being so honest about the ups and downs throughout that process. I, I like that they're putting a really real perspective out there for people who are going to try maybe replicate that or look at that um jordan i i think is i said it before and i'll say it again i thought that jordan when she was the knockouts champion before she lost to mickey i thought jordan should have went on to like they they should have done just an option c option with the knockouts title and let her wrestle josh alexander like i, I think jordan grace could be the world champion of impact i i and i, I feel this that. And I, and I honestly feel the same way about Deanna Perrazzo. Like, talent-wise, they're both right there. They could both be the, the main champion or the men's champion or the world champion, whatever you want to call it. But they just Jordan been in position kind of more up there lately to where I felt like she had a better chance of kind of achieving something like that. But, um, yeah, I don't know what Jordan's future and impact looks like. I have no idea, um, uh, you know, if she's going to be around long. Because that was the thing. This happened before, by the way. She was a free agent. Uh, years back and wind up re-signing with impact a lot of people were surprised by that um same kind of thing happened with uh with josh alexander i believe as well around the same time like impact can they are capable of of, of locking down really good talent long term they just have mm. to have good booking to keep them there yeah. and um and anyway i i think we're in a good position with impact right now coming out of this pay-per-view with macklin and Perazzo both being the power couple champions um and you have, you have, I mean, they've literally put it out there right now. We know Nick Aldis is going to be focused on that title. Um, and that also leaves it open for Mickey James to get involved. So there's, there's a lot there. 
Yeah, it was a bit of a forced reset tonight for them. And I think they're yeah. going to come out kind of swinging uh, Impact Wrestling will because they'll be taping tomorrow night in Toronto again if you want to go and check out those uh, those live tapings for for impact wrestling and and before we go i do want to because we didn't really talk much about some of the mechanics of the match i did really enjoy that diana went after jordan grace's arm the entire match mm-hmm. i love that jordan was selling that arm throughout the entire thing but what gets her in the end first of all jordan grace by the way hitting a bit vertebraker yeah and dumb. by the way the commentary didn't call it that which i was like they showed the replay and everything and they were like high angle neck hurt hurt move and i was like Verda breaker just someone say the Verda breaker on commentary please yeah um, they weren't gonna do it tom tom's yeah. like no i wasn't allowed to say it in the other place so i'm not gonna say yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. but either yeah. way uh yeah. and, and of course jordan hitting a really really solid dive in the middle of the match but really what it came down to was uh diana hitting that flat liner into the variation of a venus de milo that was a really good spot but the end of it was the top rope running power bomb from uh diana into the queen's gambit that gets three after the match queen's gambit very nailed that one yeah made made it look like death and i loved it uh end of the match the two women hugged and i don't know if you guys saw that i did yeah yeah that was on screen okay so they hugged jordan left the ring left diana to celebrate uh we started leaving once we saw the monitors go black so uh nothing seems to have happened after the show i think it was just some celebration from diana we can celebrate being done here by tossing a thumbs up on the video go ahead and do that uh let's get on out of here steven jensen why don't you start us to plug away yes y'all can find me on Thursday mornings, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time, right here on this main YouTube channel for Fightful. The Spotlight, myself and Jeremy Lambert, we cover a lot of stuff in the world of wrestling. We usually have interviews for you with wrestlers or promoters or other YouTube creators. or We interview a lot of different types of people. We actually we've interviewed Dan and John Morrison recently, who both won their matches at Creator Clash, their boxing matches last night. We talked about them, about Creator Clash with them. We talk about a whole bunch of stuff with a whole bunch of people on there, um, and also a whole lot of Cody Rhodes talk. So if you want to uh, jump over there, um, that's youtube.com slash Fightful. The Spotlight, 9.30 a.m. Eastern every Thursday. And also you can check out the Fightful Select Weekender podcast that is every Sunday. This next one will be on Monday because this weekend I'll be at GCW on Friday and then I'll be at Battle Slam on Sunday. Um, So I'll get up the show with some, I'll get some interviews for y'all too with some talent. I'll put them up on Fightful Select. So um, y'all get some interviews on Fightful Select next week from me and an episode of The Weekender on Monday. Um, that's where to find me and the fight talk underscore on Twitter. Crest a star. Where can they find you? I am not as cool as Steven Jensen or Joel Pearl. I just be out here doing yuck yucks. You can find me anywhere. You can type Crest a star. That's C R E S T A S T A R R. Except for Twitter where it's Cresta the star. Um, I'm live on TikTok and Twitch every Monday and Wednesday at 8 p.m. for WWE Raw and AEW Dynamite. Oh, and this Friday I am back for SmackDown and Rampage because RuPaul's is finally over. Every Thursday I am here with myself and Joel Pearl and occasionally Steven Jensen. But I am always there in your heart. Joel Pearl, where can they find you? I'm not hard to find. I am at Joel Pearl, J-O-E-L-P-E-A-R-L. Over on Fightful.com, I have interviews that just dropped with Effie this evening. And, of course, Speedball Mike Bailey. There's more coming. Go check it out. Uh, this review, of course, leave a thumbs up. And tomorrow morning, again, on Fightful Overbooked, that's our sister channel. We drop content there daily. It's not just Jeremy Lambert and myself. There's a plethora of people who join and are part of these conversations and have their own shows. 
Degrassi dudes is one of them. Indeed, with Mike and Reg, righteous Reg, of course, from Grab City. Uh, we have Tag Talk with Hi- with Kylie and Haley. Easy for me to say, and so much more. Go check it out at Bifle Overbook. But at ten fifteen a.m. on Monday, Deanna Perazzo, the new Knockouts World Champion, will be joining us on Jeremy and my new show called In the Weeds. That is every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday from ten a.m. till noon. We're gonna kick it off with a bang. How's that? Until then, ladies, gentlemen, friends beyond the binary. We'll see you in the next one. Cheers. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.